Om Sang Saraswati Namaha. This is the introduction. The story of Ramayana is both the history of a perfect king and a depiction of the perfect role models in every relationship. The king was endowed with immeasurable qualities, which he consistently used for the good of all. He had great strength, nobility, was proficient in the use of all weapons, was possessed of superior intelligence and discrimination as to when to use the force of mind or the force of arms. And he was always used his skills and talents for the benefit of others, renouncing every opportunity for selfish consideration. The other characters in the story also manifest the ideal character, the perfect wife, the perfect brother, the perfect servant, the perfect devotee. Every relationship, every utterance presents the archetype of perfection, even the perfect demon. Rama is known as the avatar of Vishnu, the manifestation of the perfect consciousness in human form. Actually, Ra means the subtle body, A means universal consciousness, Mo means the culmination or perfection, Ram, the manifestation of the perfection of the subtle body of consciousness. What is known as infinite consciousness on the universal level is called the individual consciousness on the personal level, otherwise known as the soul. Hence, beyond the history, beyond the mythology, beyond the ethics of ideal behavior, spiritual seekers will see in Ramayana an allegory of the odyssey of the soul. In Shankya philosophy, the soul is known as Purush, full, complete, perfect consciousness. Prakriti, literally, before becoming this, is its nature. The true nature of the soul has been stolen by the demon who has ten heads, five organs of action and five organs of knowledge, what are known as the ten senses, dasindriya. The one who has the ten senses is the ego, the one who judges every perception in terms of selfish desire. The soul goes in search for his perfect nature, which has been stolen by the selfishness of ego. He is accompanied by his brother Lakshman, he who pursues the laksha, or goal, brother determination, and together they leave the kingdom of Ayodhya, the place where there is no war, the place of perfect peace, in the care of their brother Bharat, he who shines with the light of wisdom, and along with determination, consciousness strives to find his nature. Receiving many blessings and teachings from great sages and saints, they ultimately enlist the aid of Hanuman, the perfect devotee with unshakable faith. Rama had to build a bridge to cross the sea, but Hanuman, saying Ram's name, was able to cross with one great, great leap. Cross the ocean to Lanka and find news of Sita. Show her the ring of Ram and let her know that consciousness has no capacity without his nature. Only devotion is able to cross the ocean of worldliness. Consciousness and determination alone cannot go. 
Now this is where the story of the Sundarkand begins, the beautiful chapter. The beautiful chapter is a beautiful story. It tells how pure devotion in the form of a flying monkey jumps across the sea to Lanka, the kingdom of the ego, where he meets Bivishan, brother of the ego, and discrimination of right and wrong. Discrimination does not agree with his brother. To jeopardize the safety of the kingdom for the lust of another man's nature is unwarranted. Be true to your own nature, he advises his brother. Do not covet another's. He tells pure devotion where Sita is hidden. She is sitting at the foot of a tree in the grove where there is no grief. In the grove of pleasure, the ego hopes to seduce nature to accept him as her consort. Nature will not agree. She will unite with none other than consciousness. Pure devotion witnesses threats and gifts, fears and enticements, sama, dama, danda, bhed, all trying to force nature to submit. She will not. Alone in the night, devotion reveals himself. He sees nature, delivers his message, gives her the ring, and then goes off to eat breakfast and explore the enemy's strength. After eating the fruits of the ego's special garden, devotion challenges the guards. One by one, he defeats the soldiers, whereupon the ego sends his own son, Meghnad, who roars like a, crowd, a cloud, the boisterous nature of pride. All of pride's weapons fail to defeat devotion, but in order to meet the ego, he lets himself be captured. Dragged through the streets in chains, devotion is taken to the court of the ego. The ministers read out the charges of his crimes, and the ego pronounces the sentence of death. Stop, cries discrimination. He is not a thief. He is an ambassador of consciousness. Ethics forbid slaying an ambassador. Think of another punishment. Set his tail on fire, pronounces ego. Let our children laugh at the agony of a monkey dancing in the streets with his tail on fire. Hanuman is taken to the streets where his tail is set on fire. Then he breaks his chains and burns down the entire empire of the ego. Returning to the Divine Mother, he asks for a blessing and is granted pure devotion for all eternity. He takes her hair ornament to show consciousness as a proof of his visit and asks her to have patience. Pure devotion returns to consciousness to describe him the visit with nature and explain to him what her condition is. Consciousness is so pleased to learn of her location that he hugs devotion with affection. The monkeys assemble their armies and march to the ocean. Meanwhile, in the kingdom of the ego, the well-wishers of the king try to reason with ego that he should not stake the kingdom for a woman who belongs to another. Who supports the mind, respect, and especially discrimination try their best to persuade him, but the ego will not listen. He kicks discrimination literally and throws him out of the kingdom. Discrimination goes to take refuge in the camp of consciousness, 
who crowns him the next ruler of the kingdom of the ego. The next question is how to take the army across the ocean to which discrimination proposes, ask the ocean. Consciousness accepts the proposal and sits down to worship and meditate. Ultimately, the ocean appears and tells him to build a bridge. And so, consciousness, determination, pure devotion, discrimination, and all their excellent friends build a bridge to the kingdom of the ego to secure the return of the pure and divine nature. Essentially, that is how we understand the beautiful chapter. And that is why it is so beautiful. It is filled with deep philosophy, with examples and admonitions to the purest ethical behavior of the most tender dramatic pathos, which is why it is so readily accepted as a classical work of scripture throughout all of Asia. Now, as Hinduism becomes a global culture, it is being translated into the symbols and aspirations of every nation which has been adopted. It used to be fashionable to compare Mahabharat with the Iliad and Ramayan with the Odyssey, Homer with Tulsidas and the epics of Greece with those of India. In recent times, scholars of the stature of Joseph Campbell have compared Star Wars with the Ramayan. Ramayan is enacted all throughout Asia, the Soviet countries, now North America, Europe, and Eastern Africa. Tulsi Das's poetry is so succinct, it is impossible to replicate his language today. It takes so many English words to translate his ideas, and the ideas are so profound that they should be shared. The work was originally written in the language of Avadi. It is probably a little farther away from modern Hindi than Chaucer is from modern English. But it is so much fun to chant. It can be sung in hundreds of ways, various tunes coming from the different cultures of Hinduism, all woven together into a tapestry of joyous sounds in praise of God. Other than occasional inspirations of Sanskrit, Tulsi Das's poetry contains a few basic styles of Hindi poetry. The Chopai is the main narrative of the text, interspersed with the Doha and Sorata, which come in the refrains. These are indicated throughout the text by do and so, so that singers will know when to change the rhythm. There is one other frequently used meter called chand, which is used for songs of description. Phonetic Roman and Bengali transliterations have been included, along with the original Hindi and English translation so that devotees can join in singing wherever devotees congregate to sing the name of God. We have also included several fun chants, which makes satsang so exciting. Ram Stuti, Hanuman Chalisa, Bajrang Bhan, Shankat Mochan, Hanuman Arthi, Jai Jagadish Hare, and Raghupati Raga. It is such a privilege to sing of our love to God, and Srima joins me in blessing that we all sing with the fullest expression of love that is in our hearts. Jai Ramji Ki. Swami Satyananda, Devi Mandir, Napa, 1996.
Charita, uh, uh, Manasa are the excellent activities, uh, the adventures uh, of Rama. And this is the Sundarkand. This is the beautiful chapter on page 7. It begins, I sing the praise of the Lord of the perceivable universe, supreme consciousness, who is peace, beyond verification or intellectual proof, without sin, the one who bestows the supreme peace of total unity, Brahma, creative consciousness, Shambhu, who radiates peace, a name of Shiva, and the king of snakes, the infinite repose of consciousness, a name of Vishnu, constantly serve him, as well as those who are capable of understanding the meanings of the Vedas. He sees with the eyes of infinite consciousness and is the guru of the gods. He has manifested in the world of Maya in the form of a human being, and his name is Ram. O Lord of the family descended from the lineage of light, I speak the truth to you who are the soul of all. There is no other desire residing within my heart but that you, who are the excellent one of the family of light, bless me with full and complete devotion and that you remove all faults and desires from my mind. He is the residence of incomparable strength and he has a beautiful body resplendent like a mountain of gold. He is like a fire to purify the forest of duality and is the one who uplifts the wise. He is the repository of all qualities, the supreme of the monkeys, the beloved devotee of the respected Lord of Light, oh, the son of the god of wind, and I bow to him, Hanuman, pure devotion. Hearing the words of respected brother of all, pure devotion's heart was greatly delighted. He said, even though you must suffer great pains eating these bulbs, roots, and fruits, wait for me here until I return, filled with joy from having accomplished our objective of seeing nature, Sita. Saying this, he bowed his head to everyone, and with great joy, contemplating the Lord of light in his heart, he commenced his journey. Beside the sea coast was a beautiful mountain, and the sun of the wind playfully jumped to its top. Again and again, remembering the hero of light, he leaped into the sky with all of his might. The mountain, which had been touched by pure devotion, immediately sank beneath the surface of the earth. Pure devotion flew through the air with the speed of an infallible arrow from the bow of the Lord of Light. Recognizing the ambassador of the Lord of Light, the deity of the ocean, called to the mountain Minoc. Hey, intelligent one, offer him a place of repose and let him rest upon your summit. Pure devotion touched the summit with his hand and bowed again and again and asked, Without completing God's work of consciousness, how can I take rest? The gods saw the son of the wind pursuing his goal and wished to know the extent of his special strengths and intelligence. They sent Shining One, mother of energies, who stood in his path and said, Today the gods have sent me an excellent meal. Hearing this words, the son of the wind said in reply, I will return after accomplishing the work of consciousness. 
I will tell my Lord the news of nature, and then I will return to enter your mouth. Mother, I am telling you the truth. Please let me go. But she would not let him go without entering her mouth, to which pure devotion said, Then go ahead and let me enter. She opened her mouth to a distance of eight miles, but the monkey made his body of greater size. She opened her mouth to a distance of 16 times 8 miles, but immediately the son of the wind became a size 32 times as large. No matter how big Shining One opened her mouth, the monkey took a form even bigger. When she opened her mouth 800 miles wide, the son of the wind took an extremely small form. He entered her mouth and immediately he returned outside and, bowing his head, took his leave and bid farewell. She said that God sent me to determine the extent of your intelligence and your strength, and I have understood you will accomplish all the works of consciousness because you are a treasury of strength and intelligence. Giving this blessing, she left, and with great delight, pure devotion resumed his journey. That's as far as we've gotten tonight. <laughs>